listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mades. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I am your host, Adam Mades from denverstiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Definitely check us out on, on those platforms because we have some unique content uh, on, on those platforms. If you're just reading denverstiffs.com, you're missing out on at least some of the fun stuff we're doing and using our other platforms for. So head on over to Instagram, head over to Twitter, head over to Facebook, and give us a follow. This episode of the show, I am joined via Skype by the Denver Stiffs lead reporter in training camp in San Diego, <laughs> Brendan Vogt. Brendan, what's going on, man? I'm doing well, Adam. I just wanted to start by saying congrats on finally launching a podcast, and I can't thank you <laughs> enough for having me on as your very first guest. This is huge for me. It's going to be you going into the same well, like 20 years from now, same podcast, <laughs> doing the same intro. But I have like five jokes, Adam, so I just got to <laughs> gotta squeeze everything I can. There you go. Um, well, uh, this episode of the show, you know, I want to talk a couple things. I want to talk about Media Day. I got a nice little surprise segment for the end that I, that I want to talk about. But I want to open up with our man on the ground, Brendan, who was at, at uh, day one of camp today. And first of all, they're at um, – what's just, just set the stage. I saw some of the pictures and videos and stuff, but, like, where are they practicing? And, and just kind of what's, what's, it, what's it like where you are? They're at a facility at San Diego State University, and it's a nice facility, man. There are two courts in there, so it's an upgrade for the Denver Nuggets. (laughs) Um, But you know what, man? This might sound like a weird note to start on, but San Diego State, red is a big part of their color scheme, and the Nuggets were rocking those new red uh, warm-ups. And it was just strange, man. It was strange to see this team sort of like there was red everywhere, and it's a different look for this team. It's a new era for this team, and it's going to take a little bit of an adjustment you know, to get used to. Yeah, I kind of am already used to it. I think because being at Summer League and everybody, they, the coaches were always wearing those red polos. I, I don't know. For some reason, I'm just, I'm used to it already. It doesn't feel that weird. But um, but I hear what you're saying. San Diego State, by the way, the alma mater of the great Chris Marlowe. I think I think that's a tidbit we have to include into this podcast. No kidding. I did not know that. Um, he was a star volleyball and basketball player for, for uh, them back in 1835. Um, fun fact. But <laughs> he's he's gonna kill me for saying that. I'm, I'm only kidding. Love you, Marlo. Love you. Um, yeah. So, what was your big takeaway from from camp? I mean, what what was your read on on how camp went uh, in day one? Man, there was an infectious energy and excitement in that place, and you know, it could be Adam that they they're very aware of this corner. They're so close to turn that everyone wants them to turn. Or it could be that they're a bunch of rich dudes that get to hang out in San Diego. <laughs> Hard to tell. Haven't decided. Um, but all jokes aside, there was a, a sort of palpable energy. And Malone's harped on that right away when speaking with the, the media. And uh, guys are excited to be here this year, man. And they talked a lot about how they spent the summer together, whether that was in Denver, whether that was in Atlanta. Uh, there seems to be a, a, sh- a common goal here, a shared goal. And everyone just wants to get to work. So that was the first thing I noticed today. So this happens a lot during like media day and the first week of camp and stuff is everybody's unselfish. Everybody's willing to sacrifice and stuff. But, you know, of course, the season comes and guys are upset because their role is even less than what they thought. And this or that. I mean, do you how much of this do you feel like is genuine? You you know, noteworthy, unique excitement and how much of it is kind of just it's that time of year. 
I'm going big. I'm going 80-20 in the positive direction here. I think this is genuine. I think Malone actually talked about this as well today. If you look at the players on the team right now, there's not a single bad character guy in that locker room. And that's not really supposed to be on knock on the departures. But look, there were some players that maybe didn't want to be here last year, Adam. And right. I don't I don't think that's the case with anyone on the team this year. In fact, it's dudes who are really eager to get on the court. And but but at the very least, they all seem to be aware of of their pecking order on this team. And and I don't think anyone's sort of taking a, a lack of, of playing time personally. Again, it's all just about this shared goal of, of writing a different ending to this season. And yeah, they all seem to be on board with that. I think that's a great point you bring up about nobody is on the team that doesn't want to be there and that doesn't buy in. There's guys that certainly feel like, you know, they want their chance. Um, I think Wancho at at Media Day, we can talk about him a little bit later, but I thought he definitely felt like a guy that was itching and maybe even worried about his chance. But that was about he wants a chance to play, not he doesn't want to be a nugget. And last year, Kenneth Fareed made it very clear right from the start that he did not (laughs) see himself as a guy that comes off the bench. And if that's his role, he didn't want to be here. Um, you know, there were some other guys that just, you know, didn't seem too excited, but I, I I think that's a really, really good point is so many of the players on this team are kind of excited and see themselves not just as part of the team this year, but like want to be part of this team and and the final form of this team. Agreed. Absolutely. Look, they're, they're Malone keeps using the word special. I don't know if you've picked up on that, that they're, they're close to something special. They're tapping into something special. I really, really think that everyone seems aware of that. And, and maybe that's sort of like some fan optimism for me. Uh, who knows? But you you use the word genuine. Is it genuine or not? I would say absolutely, at least for now. Yeah. The cliches through through training camp are always funny. Like, you know, today, Malone, I, I, we have all the audio up on denverstiffs.com. Check that out. I, if, if you really want to see what everybody had to say, you know, we have the full audio um, on there. Day one he talked about how it's always the same guys bring all kinds of energy because day one, it's always easy to have energy on day one. Um, but guys are kind of sloppy and, 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 you know, it, it looks very rusty day two. I think you is usually like the best day of camp. And then day three is almost always, I, I almost will guarantee day three, there's going to be like, today wasn't a very good practice. We weren't focused. We weren't disciplined. And then right. day, and then day four, the final day on Friday, I'll be like, okay, that was a, a rebound day. It just seems like we always follow these certain like ebbs and flows. Without a doubt. The cliches are, are uh, abound right now. And Malone is aware of that. And he, he pointed that out as well. Um, he doesn't want to get too excited, but he said, look, the pl- everyone talks about the playoffs as the goal for this team, but that's a, bridge that they're looking to cross when they get to it it starts now by trying to get better one day at a time again another cliche but it's it's something they have to stay focused on and and he feels like they did at least on day one i think that is the right approach though like setting some goal that you can only achieve in april you know i I think it's hard to stay on task when you make it a one day at a time type thing you know you can really grade things or even a week at a time or whatever um who stood out the most today at, at, at camp you know, Isaiah Thomas was a name that everyone threw around. Uh, we'll, we'll get to media day in a bit. We know he was sort of like the big show there. But when I walked in, and, and obviously we're there towards the end, right? Yeah, we're seeing yeah. some shoot around. We're not privy to the actual camp activities. But Isaiah was 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 really active, man. He was rebounding for guys. He, w- he was in his shoes. He was on the floor. And a really cool moment was the first thing I saw was him working closely with Monte Morris. As Monte got some shots up, Isaiah was fixated on his footwork on his body language and giving him some advice and some tips. And just about every player I talked to 
almost on their own, it wasn't prompted by a question, was quick to point out how helpful he's been despite being limited in terms of actual basketball. You know, Michael Malone wants this guy to be a veteran voice, a veteran presence in this locker room. And when they signed IT, I think the big question is, is his comeback effort going to be compartmentalized from what Denver's trying to do as a unit, as a team? Doesn't seem that way so far. He seems to be all in on helping get them get better one day at a time. Him being all in, that's like a great phrase to use because that's what I would say I took away from media day even with him is he just seems all in. on. Like, he can't be on the court right now. He's still hurt. He's only making a veteran minimum. He's only here for one year. So you would think, okay, maybe he's a little disconnected from the team or something. Like, no, the dude seems like super connected to every player on the team. Absolutely. And I think that stems from two things. First and foremost, he loves basketball, man. Like that's just, that defines Isaiah Thomas, everything he does, everything he wants. And so look, did he get his max contract? No. Is he still on an NBA team? Is he still an NBA player? Yes. And so he's going to stay focused on those goals. I also think it speaks to his relationship with Michael Malone, man. I think it's a large part of the reason why he's here beyond whatever offers he may or may not have received. I think he buys into what Malone's selling as, as look, frankly, man, I've, I've beat this drum pretty hard. Just about every player that remains in this locker room seems to have done. So yeah. from, from that standpoint, uh, definitely a positive from today. I know you talked to Nikola Jokic. Um, I saw an interview with Will Barton as well. Barton and a couple other guys even at Media Day, I think Malone, one of them, just talking about Jokic taking the game more seriously You know, over time. I don't think like, oh, this summer something clicked, but just you take his – his focus and his approach to the game is rookie season to now. I think there's clearly a trend in the, in the direction of him, him sort of embracing the like responsibility of being a great player. What was your, what did you take away from talking to him today? Definitely, man. Well, he was pretty assertive and, and candid about this sort of stardom, right. That he's garnered and the responsibilities that come with that. You know as well as anyone, Adam, how hard it can be to get Jokic to talk about those things. <laughs> Today he flat out said, I want to be an all-star. And but, I was thinking about it. I'm pretty sure that's the first time he said gotta it. It's got to be. That was, it's kind of a surprise. And I know he was led into it a little bit with a kind of a yeah. what is your goal. But still, I, I think it's kind of cool. I don't think Jokic – he just seems to never care about that stuff and to actually care about it not from like a vain way but as like set a goal. I, I thought it was yeah. cool. Well, I think usually the typical Jokic answer is like, look, man, I, the goal is to win as many games as possible, right? It's so like yeah. whatever contributes to that. Like he doesn't really have this sort of like, I guess I would say American perspective on success, both individual and the team. But today he was like, you know, I, I think he's starting to understand that there's a difference between selfishness and a realization of his importance to this team, um, his capability as a player. And that, look, if he really wants the team to win a championship, as he says he does today, that's going to be predicated upon him doing everything he can to be the best player on the floor every night. So hearing him say those words, I want to be an all-star, that was a pretty cool moment, I thought. Yeah, really cool. You know what the coolest moment, though, of the entire day was? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Will the Thrill. Barton, the people's champ, a.k.a. Willie B. Buckets, rocking the Denver Denver Stiffs home t-shirt. Man, how cool is that? It was the coolest thing ever, man. I wasn't expecting it. I know you. I know we threw him one, but no one told him he had to wear it. And so when I walked over, I saw, like every other day, I was like, oh, Will Barton's talking. You got to catch those quotes. So I <laughs> shuffled over there, and I triple-taked when I realized the shirt he was wearing, man. This is the first and the only time that Will Barton will wear something <laughs> that I also own. So I was very proud in that moment. Never felt cooler. 
But yeah, that's a really cool moment for our site, and I think it just speaks to how dope Will Barton is, man. Yeah, that's, all, that's all that is. That's the only storyline here. Will Barton is just the realest, most down-to-earth dude ever. It's it, it's so cool that he would rock that. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Media Day, get Brendan's perspective on it. You got mine yesterday. We'll get Brendan's today and just talk about some of the, uh, the fallout from that. We'll be right back. All right, I'm here with Brendan Vote of Denver Stiffs, and we're talking about training camp. Going to move now a little bit to uh, media day yesterday. Um, just right off the top, man, what was your what stood out to you the most about media day? How about Michael Malone's mood and attitude? This is a guy <laughs> that is. I'm, I'm serious. This is a guy who's coaching on a contract year, and we, yeah. we know what a difficult situation that can be for coaches. Uh, you know, we know that Malone has in the past maybe tensed up when the pressure's on. I think he sort of understands the the everything to gain and nothing to lose sort of dynamic here. I mean, there's there's plenty to lose for the team, sure. but it's pre- it's pretty clear from the Malone perspective, right? If they miss out on the playoffs, he's pro- he's looking for another job, and and so there was a sort of looseness to him, Adam, that I'm not sure I've seen before. I'm so in on Malone right now. Um, yeah, I know man. I know I've been tough on him, you know, certain like game by game type stuff, but. You step back and just look at the progress of this team. You look at the way that this team gets along, how there's a culture of like hard. It's not just a culture of nice guys. It's a culture of hard work. I mean, these guys all seem to like to be in the gym. Um, I, I just think I've, I've always thought we have been, you know, under uh, sleeping on him a little bit. But this is the first year I think I'm like, no, I think we're really sleeping on him. He's really done a nice job with just the culture of this team. Well, if you look at the buzzwords that have been used both on media day and in training camp today, it's things like culture. You just said guys that work. I think that was one of Malone's quotes during the intro presser was what a good job Tim's done of putting together a roster full of not just good players, but hard workers, right? Good yeah. character guys. These are all things that I give Malone credit for, man. I think it's what he provides as a head coach, maybe more so than certain tactical decisions or, or timeout management. It's, it's that his ability to sort of get guys to buy in. He understands what a healthy basketball culture looks like. And honestly, man, I think he's done a very, very good job of building that here. I thought the two guys that sort of owned media day were Malone and, and Isaiah Thomas. And yes, um, they both, like you said, Malone's in a contract year. There's probably plenty to be nervous for. He walked around like he had no worries and um, you know, maybe he, maybe he doesn't have any worries, but um, it was just kind of cool to see. Um, it, it's cool to see this group grow and it's kind of cool to see them grow with that that level of continuity. He actually talked about continuity a lot today and how he thought it, you know, they can get off to a hot start because of that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's something they haven't really had, right, in his tenure. And he he talked about how usually when you enter this stage of the season, you're sort of working on just getting on the same page. Yeah. Even in terms of little things like terminology, right? You got new guys or whatever. He really feels like they were able to hit the ground running this year, and I think everyone felt that way. I, that was clear to me at media day. And this was a group of guys that were excited to be back together. And I think a lot of that is rooted in they know exactly what's expected of them now and what they have to do to sort of turn that corner. Whether they do or not or don't, right? That's that's tension to be reserved for April. But for right. now for now, there's just excitement, man. Yeah. And that's what you should be. I and mean, people should be excited this time of year. Um were you surprised at all that we didn't get a timetable for Isaiah Thomas or Jared Vanderbilt or Michael Porter Jr.? Nope. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I don't think teams are too eager to share those things in the first place. 
but also Adam, and this is speculative first and foremost, I got to stress that, not sure how much positive news there is on that front. So I don't know how eager they would be to sort of feed us a timeline because again, that just fosters expectations, right? Yeah. That creates expectations. And, and if, if those timelines aren't met, there's a little bit of sense of panic, right? From the fan base or what have you. So it's much easier for, from an organizational standpoint to just keep that stuff contained. Do you think there's, do you get a sense that there's bad news on the front or do you just think it's like, we just don't know yet. So might as well not say anything. Mm, you know, it's more responsible to say the, the latter, but I'm actually kind of leaning towards the former man. Just, I, this is again, just gut, right? You're not reporting anything. Oh, I, so, yeah. yeah. So can't stress that enough. I'm just yeah. talking to you on a podcast, but I, I you know, Isaiah Thomas, it's funny when they signed him, I never stopped to wonder if he'd be ready. Mm. That surgery was so long ago. And, and I don't know, there was a lot of excitement about what he could provide. It never occurred to me that this dude hasn't been going through contact drills. He hasn't played five on five in a long time. And he talked about it at media day. The last time he rushed himself back, it did not go well as we all know. Right. So he's in no rush to do so. And, and also man with, with all three players that you just named, Isaiah Porter, Vanderbilt, there shouldn't be a rush to get them back. The reasons we're high on the Denver Nuggets, at least in terms of 2018, actually has very little to do with those three guys. It would be yeah. more like icing on the cake. So again, why create expectations that might not be met when you just don't have to? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I don't know that I get the, the ominous feel just yet. Um, I've always said I thought Michael Porter was going to just sit out the entire year. So, you know, the... Sometimes there's like some excitement and positivity and, oh, look at him, he's shooting and this and that. I just, I, in my mind, it's always been he's out for a year, revisit this next summer. But, um, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll just have to wait for all those. Jared Vanderbilt looked like he'd, he'd add some guns. Dude, he is jacked. He is jacked. <laughs> Although I got to say, for a dude with skinny legs and a foot injury, maybe <laughs> maybe just a tiny bit too jacked. Uh, although now, now that I've spread some negativity, let me, let me walk it back a little bit. Some good news. Vanderbilt is out of the boot and off yeah. the scooter. So if you're looking for good news on the injury front, I have that for you at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see him. Michael Porter, I asked him about Jared Vanderbilt because those guys played together growing up, and, and he really raved about him. And, and there's we have the video on Denver Stiffs, even on I think on our Instagram or on our YouTube channel for sure. But um, I it was cool to hear him talk about it. He compared him to Ben Simmons, which, you know, I've always said Lamar Odom, but Ben Simmons, all right, I'll take that. I think Vanderbilt compared himself to Lamar Odom too, so – Good for you, man. Brown points there. Man, um, it's such a thing who players compare themselves to. I did this thing on Twitter about like when players coming into the draft compare themselves to Kobe or Iverson, I'm always like, ooh, uh, like a little nervous. Yep. Well, you compare yourself. Yep. Lamar Odom, that's like uh that's a pretty good player for you to comp for me to like kind of like you. I know. I got really excited when he said that. Like naively, I was like, oh, nice. They got Lamar Odom. That should help. I think uh, Justin but, Patton compared himself to Jokic, and I wanted the Nuggets to draft him just for that. <laughs> he hasn't played a minute in the NBA, but you know what? Yeah, that's actually that's actually awesome, man. You you wouldn't think that younger players have a sense of who Jokic is. I think um, he was the only one. one. <laughs> but <okay. laughs> maybe maybe a, a more relevant comp for younger or, or just Nuggets focused fans it is is a Kenneth Reed with more tricks in his bag, right? Like so that that energy, that effort, that hustle that defined Fareed's game that's there in abundance with Vanderbilt. But also, as has been discussed widely, there's a lot of skill there he didn't get to show off in Kentucky. This is a guy that can play make, that can dribble, that can provide a lot more than just hustle rebounds. So, man, if he's healthy, you better believe that's the type of player that helps Denver, not just in the regular season, but how about the playoffs? Because they really seem to 
lack those long switchable bodies, and yeah. he definitely fits that mold. Who won Muscle Watch 2018 Nuggets Edition? Ooh. Okay, so Vanderbilt was the most jacked, but I'm going to go with Trey Lyles. Yeah. Because, you know, this is a guy who I – mean, I read some blog posts out of Utah, and, and there might not be anything to this that knocked his work ethic or whatever. And Trey, as good as he was last year, he certainly wasn't in spectacular shape. He looked really, really good on media day. And just about every player wants to tell us they're in the best shape of their lives, but he actually might be. So I'm going to give it to Trey Lyles. I like it. He had that monster dunk last year. Like He's he's kind of sneaky athletic. Uh, and if he's in the best shape of his life, man, he might – a guy like him who hits so much, he's too tall for for quick guys. If he can be too quick for, for tall guys, he might really be a nice inside-out player. Absolutely. And also this is a guy who's – production dropped off a little bit after the hot start and I talked to him about that and sure plenty of it had to do with sort of how things changed when Millsap came back right it's hard to stay consistent when you're not getting consistent minutes but also maybe some of it's conditioning man it's a long season and so it it can only help for a guy like Trey who's going to spend a little bit of time out on the wing maybe more so this year than ever as Malone alluded to it can really only help for him to be in great shape so that actually had me really excited he is Brendan Vote. You can check him out on Twitter and at denverstiffs.com. He's uh, one of our writers over there doing a great job. And, Brendan, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm flying out tomorrow to join you and um, and to see what's going on down in San Diego. You said day two is the best day, right? I guess that explains why you're a day late. So I'll see you, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, man. tomorrow. Today was all cliches, man. I didn't have to go up for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care, buddy. All right, I wanted to close out today's show by talking about something that um, kind of came to mind as I was watching all of the coverage of Media Day across the NBA yesterday. Uh, Toronto in the spotlight because of Kawhi Leonard, but also there was a really cool moment with former Nuggets general manager Masai Ujiri who uh, interrupted a question uh, about, hey, you know, something about do guys not want to go to Toronto? You know, th- th- there's a long... Toronto has that reputation that, oh, people don't want to go there. It's a boring city. It's not even in the U.S. And, you know, who wants to be there? They don't get national television, all this stuff. And it's something that I think pertains to Denver Nuggets fans. Let's play. Guys, the the narrative of not wanting to come to this city is gone. You know, like, I think that's old and we should move past that. Believe in the city. Believe in yourselves. You know, first of all, here in Toronto, we have to believe in. I just love it. I love that quote. I love everything about it. I love the delivery. Um, I love the passion. I just love the idea. And, and, you know, it came off as one of those things where you could tell this has been eating at Maasai probably since he arrived in, in Toronto, this sort of defeatist attitude that that fans of long-suffering teams sort of feel, this woe-is-us type, um, type feeling. And, you know, it's one of those things where there's a catharsis uh, to to being the you know the bad news bears the the team that that always loses the lovable losers that everybody kind of roots behind there's something cathartic about that but there's there's a time for that and a time sort of to move away from it and i think for toronto certainly it's the time to move away from it and and to to have some optimism about Kawhi leonard being there but i think it's has a lot of application here to to the city of denver and to the denver nuggets in particular um Isaiah Thomas at Media Day said, talking about why he chose Denver. You know, Malone, Michael Malone, I think, easily reason number one, two, and three that he that he chose Denver. 
Um, but also one of the reasons he chose is he said he thought Denver or the Nuggets roster had a lot of great players and they all played unselfishly. He liked the style and he thought they were the most entertaining team in, in the league. He said he watched games every single night um, and the team he, he when the Nuggets were playing, he would flip them on because they were a lot of fun. So, you know, that the Nuggets are a fun team. This is we we get to celebrate and watch and cheer for and hope for one of the most, if not the most fun teams in all of the NBA. ESPN a season ago called the Nuggets the next Warriors. Every single person that that I read and almost every major outlet has Denver making the playoffs this year and some places have them being hosting a playoff round. I think there's a lot of people that are very bullish on the Nuggets right now. Um, the guys seem to truly, genuinely love each other. This is a very easy group to root for because there's a lot of fun personalities, hard workers, um, the pieces fit, uh, and there's just some enthusiasm for being in Denver. Imagine being the Minnesota Timberwolves right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams actually out there that you could that you could look at and say, "Man, I'm glad we're you know we're not covering that team or, or rooting for that team." Will Barton took a discount um, this summer to to stay with Denver. There was other teams that wanted him and offered him more, but he uh, he chose to stay. The same is true of Tory Craig, who um, you know a two way player that that's that enjoyed you know for him. You know, for Will Barton, Will Barton had made prior to that maybe fifteen million in his career. I mean, he had made some money, so he, you know, he was going to be all right. Tory Craig, that was his first NBA deal. Uh, an extra million dollars was a big thing, but he wanted to be here. He just liked the culture. He likes his teammates. Paul Millsap signed in free agency to to join this team. Maybe the best player Denver Nuggets have ever signed in free agency, or at least in the last 10, 15, 20, 30, 30 years. Things are looking pretty, pretty good here in Denver for the Nuggets. And I think that we have to all allow ourselves an, an opportunity to embrace a bit of optimism and just enjoy the moment that, that we have right now. The Nuggets probably aren't going to win a championship this year, but they're a heck of a lot of fun to watch. And the sky truly is the limit for this team. I don't know how many times in Nuggets history you could look at a roster and say they could conceivably grow into a, a, a championship team. They could they could actually win one. I think we all felt that when Carmelo Anthony arrived in 2003. And then certainly in 2009 when that team you know got Chauncey Billups and all the pieces sort of came together. But with this Nuggets team, what's different even about those years was there was a – there was Carmelo Anthony and there were some nice pieces around him. But you look at this Nuggets roster, there's Nikola Jokic, there's Gary Harris, there's Jamal Murray, there's Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Trey Lott. There's just so many players that you look at and say, those guys could be in Denver, not just for a year or two, but for five, six years. And and it's just a lot of fun. This is a very special moment, I think, that the Denver Nuggets are in. Could it all go sideways? Of course and that's always going to be in the back of your mind or maybe even the front of your, your mind if you're uh, a Denver Nuggets fan for long enough. But um, but just I think it's important in sports and really in life just to kind of take these moments and not, not take them for granted. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the process. And enjoy all the little benchmarks along the way. And that's why I think in the spirit of Masai Ujiri, I think we're going to put a moratorium on – Nug life and and sort of the the all of the things that that are associated with nug life. This idea that things are not going to work out, that the worst possible scenario is going to happen. We've watched this team now for several years, and we've watched them grow, and we've watched what could be. I think it's time that all Nuggets fans sort of embrace the moment and let their imagination run wild, have fun with it, and um, you know, 
throw some positive energy and just and just kind of enjoy everything that's coming the team's way. Nug life will always be there. The 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 organization doesn't just become this championship organization overnight. There's going to be moments and we're going to, you know, we'll probably even throw out the hashtag Nug life. But this idea that the Nuggets are some second rate um, team right now, roster right now, and that things are doomed to not work out, throw that out the window. Believe in yourselves. Believe in ourselves. Believe in our team and, and believe in the excitement that's going to happen this year. Thanks so much for, for tuning in, guys. I'll be back tomorrow in San Diego covering training camp for the rest of the week. We'll see you then. Guys, the, nar the narrative of not wanting to come to this city is gone. You know, like, I think that's old, and we should move past that. Believe in the city. Believe in yourselves. You know, first of all, here in Toronto, we have to believe in ourselves, right? Yeah, we should stop talking about, like, coming to the city or wanting to come to the city. That's, that's old talk. And we want to win. Basketball is where, I've been, where we have a privilege and an opportunity to be one of the NBA teams uh, in, in here. That's a huge privilege for us. And it's our jobs here to try and bring these players. It's our jobs here to try and sell it to these players uh, here. But we're proud of who we are. We're proud to have these guys. We're proud to have the young players we have. We're proud to have all the what Kyle and every, everybody has done here. Um, so. Um, I think let's be proud and, you know, like, let's move past that narrative of wanting to stay here or wanting to come here. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.